Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. Hello and welcome to Stay. This is Takesha. And as always, I'm so excited to have a conversation with this with the, with the guests that we have today. But I am especially honored to have this woman who I'm about to chat with because she was someone who helped me uh, emotionally and energetically clear a lot of stuff that I continue to um, use to support myself now with how I, how I approach my day, what I put on my body, what I keep, what I let go of, how I approach my relationships, all from having a conversation with her that she wholly volunteered because I was in the middle of a crisis of identity. I don't know. But she was so willing to show up and not even knowing me, lend her expertise and her time. And it turned out to be a friendship love connection on the call. And I felt like I was speaking to someone that I had possibly known in another lifetime. So without further ado, Pia is a truth seeker, joy finder, and mama to a cuddly and snacky 10-year-old girl. Oh, we have a lot in common. (laughs) As a home organizer and KonMari consultant in training, as well as a writer and speaker, she, she gives Black women truth and joy at home through her company, Sweet Digs. Her work has been featured in various media outlets, including The New York Times, NPR, CNN, NBC, and apartment therapy. She's obviously no big deal, right? <laughs> I'm so excited um, for you all to meet um, my friend and space therapist, Pia. Hi, Pia. Space therapist. You better stop. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, you can keep oh, that. That's my bio. Yeah. Hello, friends. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for those kind words. I feel so filled. I'm like, all right, podcast over now. We go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Thank you. And the way we met was so random <laughs> and interesting and amazing and mystical a little bit. Yeah, I... um Space therapist. I felt that in my soul. I know. You know, it came to me. It was an immediate download. And so I'm going to trust it. You are welcome to use it. (laughs) It's so funny because one of my clients who completed her Kamari journey said that to me. She's like, I call you my home therapist. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I love that. I I might incorporate that into my life. But anyway. Yeah. So how we met. Let's talk about how we met a little bit. 
Yeah, do it. Okay, so we're both members of, was it Simplify we were in? I believe so, yeah, last year in In 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not knowing each other, but you know, you know, these courses kind of have these Facebook groups. And so in this Facebook group and I'm looking at posts and I see this post from this woman talking about how, you know, she needs help decluttering. And I was like, man, this, and the course had nothing to do with that at all. The course was really about, it was about business and about simplifying your business and getting to the centers of what you need to do in a spiritual and beautiful way. So it really had nothing to do with that. Um, and I was like, well, isn't this interesting? I was like, I'm going to respond. You know, I might very well be the only home organizer in this Facebook group. So I did that and something just, I guess, just called on me to just offer time for nothing. I was like, I'll give you, I think I said an hour of my time for free. Just let's have a conversation. And we got on the phone and we were, no, did we do Zoom? I think we did Zoom, right? No. I don't, I think we were on the phone. We were on the phone. Yeah. So one hour turned into two and we were just a chat, right? Like we were just da da da. Um, and you were telling me about where you were and what you wanted to do. We talked about your closet and it was just beautiful. And I was like, man, I'm so glad I did this. And like, it's, you know, and I had just started my business pretty much. And I was like, I don't, you know, I could use a little dough. I could use some money, right? But but something made me say, don't worry. Like, don't even think about that. Like, this is this is just what you need to do right now. So I just did it. And it turned into this. It turned into this. So I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to watch you, watch your journey, watch everything you're doing. Like, this is this is more than a blessing. Oh, I I'm so... I'm so, I'm so glad. Like I, the amount of clarity that I got just from that session. So for all of you that don't know, um, like last year, uh, this is year 2021 as we're recording this last year was 2020, the year of our great pandemic crisis of the world. And I historically, when I am at a and an emotional crossroads or like burnout or adrenal fatigue or all the things are crashing down, it really manifests in, which you probably see a lot, Pia, it manifests in like overwhelming my space. And being a true Virgo, I cannot move forward in my life or my thought process or process any emotional trauma if my physical space feels so overwhelming. And it's always my closet. I remember when I, um, when my partner and I had separated a while back, my son was one, I think he had just turned one or he was about to turn one. And I had moved into an apartment and I didn't even have all of my stuff with me. And the thing that like I melted down about in the floor was my closet. And I called my best friend and (laughs) And she was like, you know what? I'm going to hop on a bus. She was living in New York at the time. She's like, I'm going to hop on a bus. I'm coming. She and I have the same birthday. She is also very much a Virgo. And she came and without a whole lot of words, like totally redid my closet for me. It was like, this is not you. We're getting rid of this. What is this? This is not like, we're like, and after that, I was able to really process and move forward and like 
okay, I think I can go through this loss. I can navigate being a single mom. I can navigate. I think I'd also lost my job. Like it was like a triad of things. Like you're a single mother and surprise, you're losing your job and you just got this apartment. And what are you going to do? Like it was really this crossroads of how am I going to survive? What am I going to do? I've got this little baby here. (laughs) Like I had no idea what my life was doing. And I really felt that way last year with you know, the pandemic, I had lost like 70% of my income for the year, like contracts were canceling left and right, studios were closing, all this stuff that I had on my books, like, oh, this is going to be the best year of my business. And it was like trash. And I looked in my closet and was like, I feel like I can't move forward. Like being a black woman in America last year and just feeling overwhelmed by all of the things, everything. And for this incredible angel of a person with this beautiful hair and, you know, skin that looks like we could be sisters, I was so grateful that she offered her time and her energy um, and was like, really like, okay, I'm going to have to work with her again. I've got to pay her for her time. I don't know if I can pay her, but instead I'll just tell everyone that I meet about her because like, it was so transformative. And I just like, I cannot thank you enough. And I know that I've, I've probably shouted you out a bunch of times in like, you know, Instagram feeds and, you know, shared a connection that I have with you, like in the hope, like, I hope she is blessed beyond measure because it really felt like that same similar energy of an anchor that I needed, you know, seven and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see how you're moving about on the interwebs. I know you do a lot of things off square, as I call it. <laughs> and, um, you know, to to see you mentioned in um, in books, like I, I, I've been reading The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less by uh, Christine Platt. And to know that, that you all know one another and that you are like featured in her book. And then you have this feature in apartment therapy. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, the world needs to know about this person. And how good does it feel for the world to know about someone that you truly believe in? Um, so I, I really would love for you to share with the listener how you got to this place. Like where did, like who was Pia before? What brought you to this ministry of of home therapy for, for, for women of color specifically. Man, you got me like all teary over here. Like, <laughs> man. um, so I, uh, I really felt like I had more to give for a big part of my life. And, um, I felt squeezed and stuck and trapped um, in a box of my own making, <laughs> I come to find, to find out. Um, and I wasn't really allowing myself to move from my heart. I was very much stuck in my mind, in my thinking, um, in my um, really over-the-top feelings that I was having a lot of. Um, and what got me to move out of that was really the ending of my marriage. And it's so interesting because I just, I talked to my ex-husband about this for the first time earlier today. We had a really in-depth conversation about where we were, where we are now, which is interesting. But anyway, um, 
But the breakup of that relationship, uh, like what happened was, so we break up and I blame him completely. <laughs> and so do my friends, right? So it's this whole, he's terrible, just made a bad choice, whatever. And then I start dating this guy, maybe, it might be six months later, eight months later, or something like that, who's a lot like my ex-husband, mm. right? And the way I noticed he was a lot like my ex-husband was because we went out on this date and it wasn't a date, like a place. We literally sat on his stoop in uh, Bed-Stuy. That's so and New York. So New York, right? Like this is our date. Let me come over and just sit on your stoop. We, did, we sat there for like three hours and he's doing a lot of the talking and I'm doing a lot of listening, right? And I'm not really saying too much. Like I noticed like I was quiet. And then after the stoop date, I go out with my cousin and my cousin was like, how was your day? And I was like, you know, I don't know. I was a little nervous and kind of quiet. And she was like, what? Like, that's who? not who? Like, right? That's not you. You're <laughs> yeah. not nervous. You're not quiet. Why were you? That's I was so like, oh, telling, right? So telling. I was like, maybe because I really like him. You know, he's kind of like one of the first people I've dated since my marriage. She was like, mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe not though. And that conversation and, you know, other things going on, obviously, but that conversation led me to really think about how I was showing up mm. and who I was attracting. I was like, how, I was like, gosh, he's a lot like my ex. He does this thing and that thing. And I'm having these same feelings, these same walking on eggshell feelings that I felt when I was married. Yeah. Why is that? Right. He's a whole other human being. Why am I? So that led me to start asking myself questions. And, you know, once you start that self-inquiry, you start attracting friends who's going to ask you the same, like, what's going on? So I ended up reuniting with a friend I went to high school with who kind of does this self-work and was trying to move out of, like, nursing into more of this type of work. And um, he started being real frank with me and sort of asking me those questions I was terrified to ask myself. You know, like... I'd be all, well, how come he's not texting me back? And he, he'd be like, well, are you having fun? Because you seem very worried about, like, is he doing this and that? Are you having a good time? You should be having a good time, right? Like, he was that frightened. And I'm, and I'm like, but he's cute. And he's like, so? <laughs> like, that don't matter. He could be cute, you know? You need, Are you having a good time? So really, like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing the things I'm doing? Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? What do I want for my life, right? How did I get here? And once those questions start coming, they just, it's like a flood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started really looking at my life and what I was doing. I was a practicing lawyer for a really long time. I hated law since law school. Why was I still doing this? And every now and then, like every couple of years, I'd be like, I need to leave the law. And then I'd get a paycheck or, yeah. <laughs> or like some good would happen at work. And I'm like, I'll just stay for a little bit. Those easy tethers, easy tethers. Listen, (laughs) just like, it was honestly like how was handcuffed, like golden handcuffs, as they say, right? And, uh, and so once I started, like once my marriage fell apart and I moved out of New Jersey back to Brooklyn, I sort of changed my environment and started asking myself these questions, then I would go to therapy. So I had a therapist after, like during the end of my marriage. I would go to therapy and be telling my therapist, like, look what I learned about myself today. And then I realized I didn't need this therapist, right? Like, what am I doing? Um, and I didn't have the right therapist, clearly. Uh, but I just started the self-inquiry and I really just decided I couldn't practice law anymore. 
And I realized how inauthentic I was being in practically every aspect of my life, in my marriage, at work. Like I would literally have to put on a mask practically to go to work. And I never felt like I fit in and I've really tried. Like I was like, I don't want to hang out with none of these people on the weekends. You know what I mean? Like, why am I going in being a different person in every space of my life? It feels awful. I feel squeezed. I can't do this. And then I have a child um, who at the time was about four or five. And I'm telling her, you need to be authentic and choose a career that man. And I'm not doing that at all. Yeah. And I'm racing back. It's like my this career is making my life really hard, right? It's in the city. Her school's far from the city. The back and forth, the rushing, trying to manage single motherhood. Like it was just, and so I decided to leave. And it was a very intuitive decision to leave. It was very clear that it was time. And I decided to go. And then I got laid off about two, three months later. Cause you know, the universe was like, I agree. Mm. <laughs> you are overdue for this leaving. You need to go. And, um, and then I spent a couple of years trying to figure out what the hell to do with myself. Cause I hadn't really thought about what does Pia want? Who is Pia? Um, I just knew I didn't want to practice anymore. I knew that was inauthentic and I needed to move to a place that felt good. So for those couple of years, I just kind of hung out and explored a little bit, pretended I was going to find a legal job and that didn't work out. Um, and then I found Marie Kondo, found her on Netflix. And I swear it had to be like maybe 10 minutes in. I was like, that's what I want to do for a living. And all my friends, I always tell this when I tell this story, all my friends were like, yes, that's exactly what you should do. That feels so much like you. I was like, so, so for two years, right. like, Yo, watch me. You didn't tell me this? <laughs> you didn't tell me this? Two years? Um, but yeah, so it was very clear that this is what I need to do. And I, I've always loved organizing. I used to do it when I was little, like organize my mom's linens or whatever. Uh, but there was a disconnect between creating like something pretty and self-work. And I had developed this incredible love for self-work. And I was like, there needs to be a marriage of that for me. Like, I can't just come in while somebody goes off shopping and I'm moving things around and making things look cute. I was like, that's not enough. I really want to affect people's lives. I want to change people's lives. I feel like there's a service part of my life I haven't been giving. Like law is a service, but it's more, it's just not the same type of service. Like this is, I can affect daily lives of people who don't have to be rich, right? And enrich their lives in a different way. So, uh, so yeah, that was how I found this work. And it's fun. It doesn't feel like work. It feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, when my clients tell me how their lives have been affected, how much better their lives are, like what you just said, that's why I'm like, oh, Maltieri, you know, like that's exactly like, I wish I could do this for free. Like money's such a pain in the neck sometimes. Like I wish I could just do this for free for anybody who wants it. Like it is such a beautiful thing to do for yourself. And it's such an amazing thing that I get to guide people to happiness and joy and ease. I'm like, what could be better? Like, it's awesome. It's just awesome. I love it so much. And you're, you're so good at it. Like, it, it's, you know, the questions that you asked me, and, the, and I know it's probably part of the methodology as well of the work you do, but, you know, the questions you asked me were so simple and you gave me space and time to just like, find, like pull the things out of your closet that like, you know, I think you gave me a a specific number. I think it was like five or or something, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, would explain like who you are and like describe who you are, like what feels most 
like you? Yeah. What makes you feel the best? Like, I mean, it just seems so obvious. Like, duh, why don't I just have the things that just make me feel the best? Because we tell ourselves like, oh, well, I got this free t-shirt or I, I need this if I'm like dirty outside. So you need, you need play clothes as an adult. And then you need clothes that you're like cleaning the house in. And then you need this kind of thing. And then what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if I gain five pounds? What if I lose five pounds? And what? So it was just like this collection of contingencies and it kind of, it felt like this kind of feels like dating for potential <laughs> like but with my stuff like right. well i mean i see like this could work in this scenario maybe as opposed to just having what you love and i like when i say it was just so eye opening like it really helped me i think around that time i thought about like okay who am i in the business that i want to be doing like maybe i lost all this business because Maybe I really need to use this time to get clear about who do I actually want to work with? What actually lights me up? Am I just going to be a generalist and I'm just working with all these agencies, which was great. It paid well. But Mm -hmm. then like, do I feel like what you said, the same kind of joy as, you know, me getting word from a client a couple of weeks ago that our work together helped her breach baby to turn. And so she like was feeling way more at ease and confident about having her baby and she wasn't scared. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she felt more relaxed at home with her other kids and she felt more ready to be a mom or the, the woman who says, I listened to your yoga nidra when my blood pressure was spiking and they were prepping me for, you know, cesarean and I was terrified and they came back in an hour later and I didn't need that emergency surgery anymore. Like that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, how could I do more of this? Right. So like, I, I get that. I get that like, oh my gosh, I would totally do that for free. And those were the moments where I was just offering like, well, you know what? Let's try this. Not from a place of, you know, I I want to charge this person this amount and I want to make this and I hope they tell everyone so I make a million dollars. Like it really was from a place of this is how I want to show up. And so I think about that every time I go to put on my cowboy boots, because I would live in cowboy boots or my emerald jumpsuit that I still had tags on when I pulled it out the closet. And you were like, what thing makes you feel like I was, it was like my China that I was saving, like just in case, because it just seems too nice to wear, like just because. And like every time I look at it in my closet, I'm like, oh, it just makes me feel really good. I wore a dress yesterday for no reason, going nowhere, but was like, I just really want to wear this because I want to Yay. feel pretty. Yeah. And on like, and I was on day one of my cycle, like where you just typically don't want to feel pretty at all. Yeah. I was like, hey, I just want to feel like a girl and yeah. do my makeup. And that's what I'm going to yeah. do. So yeah. I I really attribute our, our you know, two hour session together <laughs> um, to that, to that clarity of like, I don't need to save you know, these other things as if something outside of me is more special than me just waking up and existing. Like I want to feel this good all the time. Um, I want to wear the jeans that make my butt look the cutest, even if they're more expensive than like the cheaper jeans that make more sense. Like how can I just like save up for like three pieces of that thing as opposed to having 20 pairs of jeans that I'm like, nah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I guess I can wear these outside in the garden, like that kind of thing. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That is it right there. I did my homework. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It it really is about allowing yourself to live fully and not depriving yourself. I say like um kicking settling to the curb. 
right? And I feel like that's what I was doing with my whole life, settling. Settling in a career, settling in this relationship, right? And I really want to teach Black women especially that you don't have to settle. It's okay, right? Like we, more than anybody else, should be grabbing onto joy, you know, at every turn. And that includes in the clothes that you wear and the things that you have in your home. Your home should be curated in a way that fills you up when you walk inside. And for so many of us, there's too many things. We don't have homes for them. You know, there are things that don't even connect with our hearts, right? And like, what is your truth, right? You talked about, you know, how do you want to show up in your business? And that's really the first part of the conversation is how do you want to show up? What do you want your life to look like? right? How do you want your business to run? Where are the places that you want to go? What are the things that you want to do? And then we'll curate what you need in your life in order to allow that to happen, right? It's really about your vision and your journey first and who you are. And then you pull out those things and the things that touch your heart, that thrill you, that light you up like that emerald green jumpsuit. That's exactly the kind of stuff that you should be using. Maybe not every day, right? Emerald green. You don't want to run this emerald green jumpsuit into the ground, right? No. But but don't not wear it because you feel like you need to be wearing black leggings everywhere. Um, I had a client who used to be in the fashion industry and she was a stay at home mom when she hired me of like a small kid, like a toddler and then like an eight or nine year old. And she was like, well, I can't, you know, go to pick my kid up from school, from, from daycare and, you know, a sweatshirt with sequins and all this other stuff. I was like, well, why not? Why not? You know, if that's what you feel good in, that's what thrills you, you can absolutely wear a sweatshirt with sequins. You do not have to have basics, right? Um, you know, I feel like somebody who works probably for the Gap, you know, years ago was paid bazillions of dollars, whatever, whoever their marketing firm was, to convince everybody that we need basics. We need a white T-shirt. We need black leggings, right? We need, but that's not true. If that's not, that, if that doesn't feel good to you and doesn't fill you up, you don't have to show up like that. Mm. Show up in a way that feels truthful for you, right? Like what matters to you and then curate your home around that. So it's not about my opinion, right? Like I'm not the type of organizer that will come in and I think they need this and they don't need that. That's not my role. It's about who are you and how can I ensure that you are surrounded by your authenticity in your home and your joy, right? Mm. So exactly what you said is exactly what I hope to do with every single client. So you're basically a space therapist and a space doula. Like, I mean, essentially, like, you're just helping people to, like, preserve what is authentic to them in their environment because our environment does impact so much. And, I mean, you spoke uh, spoke about your client who was a mother. Like, I would imagine that just her choosing to put on her sequin sweatshirt just – to go about the business of being a mom and picking up her kid from school probably made her feel a little less neglected as we can feel like when we're just prioritizing motherhood and our kids and maybe our spouses and partners and whatever. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I, I don't even know if I took a shower today. Did I eat? I'm not really sure if I ate. But if you right. can think enough of yourself and your existence to be like, you know what? I feel really good wearing that sequin jumpsuit or sweatshirt or whatever. And because I'm going to wear it, like, let me jump in the shower right quick. Let me like throw on a tin and moisturizer. Let me put on my favorite lip gloss. Like we're just going to make it a thing. Like in the same way as 
if I start my day with my green juice, that makes me feel so good that I don't want to taint it with like a cheeseburger at lunchtime. I'm like, I think I'll have a salad. Like, let's just keep this going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, so what, with, with regard to where your business is now and who you're working with now, like what, what lights you up the most in the work that you do with people? Oh my goodness. Uh, so much of it. Um, first, I love that I can bring my full self because that allows them to be authentic with me, right? So I call it 360 degrees of Pia, that I'm the same person on this podcast, <laughs> frankly, as I am in sessions with my clients, as I am with my kid, as I am with family or friends. Like I don't have to put on any masks. So I go in and I tell stories about my own life. Um, I share um, what's happening with me and I just, I can just be myself. And that allows me to show up in a way that's meaningful and create a safe space and a safe container. And then that allows them to be vulnerable with me. Right. So the, so I think, you know, even though I am going in and providing a service, like I don't know how I would provide the service if I couldn't be myself, I would stop doing this work. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons I left the law is because I couldn't be myself. It didn't feel like me. So that's that's one of the things I love the most. Um, the second thing is um, how excited people are to really do this. Right. So by the time you call a home organizer, you've already admitted to yourself that you need support in an area that most people think they should be able to do on their own. Right. But not everybody comes out of the womb. I'm speaking to a doula, I know this, but whatever comes out of the womb, <clears throat> being able to organize is just not, it really is not something that should be natural to people. So there's a shame and vulnerability that even happens just during that first intro call. And I love those first conversations because that's really where the connection is made, the safe space is made. Um, and people say, you know what, like, I feel connected enough with this person to invite them into my home to see my most intimate information. I think that is so, I still almost can't believe how people allow me to do this. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially if you're saying my home is cluttered because most people, most people don't want to have people in their homes when their home is cluttered, but they're inviting me in, sharing their space and asking for help. I think that vulnerability is a beautiful thing. And I try to have my clients understand that there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, like, it's okay if as we do this work, you realize that the job you've been working for the past five, 10 years really isn't for you. It's okay. I've actually gone through that myself and it's nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed about. There are probably a lot more people in the world who feel like that than are willing to admit it's all okay. It's all okay, right? You can tell me anything, feel anything. Clients laugh. We laugh together. They cry. They open up about things that, you know, I'm sure they don't tell a lot of people in order to get to a space where their home feels good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, when I describe what I do, I'm like, man, I just get so filled up. Like the whole thing is really incredible. And I think, you know, it really is the, is an ultimate act of self-care, I think, to curate your space in a way that feels good for you. It really is. It is, it's mind blowing. You know, when people go from, I couldn't find anything in my bedroom closet to my closet now feels like an oasis, 
Mm. I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. I have a, I had clients tell me they're dancing in their kitchen. What? Yes. More dancing in the kitchen. Yes. That yes. is, I mean, just happiness, especially for black women, because we're not safe. You know, we're not safe in this world. We're not safe in America. You know, I feel like your home should be a place that feels good to you. And so many people don't feel yeah. good in those spaces. So when I hear you're dancing in the kitchen, I'm like, child, yes, thank you. Thank I'm here you. for all of that energy yeah. because as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, code switching and how mm. so many of us black women, women of color, um, find that to be a norm and so much so that at some point we hardly recognize ourselves. And um, it's funny because having been outside of a corporate space for a while, like I, I haven't had to code switch consistently. I mean, granted, I live in a very white community. And so I catch myself doing it from time to time. The great thing about having a child who is very self-actualized is he will call me out in real time and say, why does your voice sound like that? Why are you talking like that? <laughs> and, you know, it, sometimes it is, it, it highlights the need for survival, you know, in, in certain scenarios, like, okay, even if it's something as simple as I want to get a table at a restaurant in a reasonable amount of time, as opposed to a three hour wait. So let me turn on my best code switching voice and give my last name um, of origin as opposed to my my partner's last name, which kind of gives away our ethnicity a little bit so that we can be serviced in a relatively short period of time. Mm -hmm. And to hear you speak about how you show up very intentionally as yourself, especially working with Black women, feels like it gives so much um, what is the word? It's permission. So much permission mm -hmm. to just be like, I mean, in the same way that we can just be with our girlfriends and all of that. But even as black women, when we're meeting another black woman who a black woman who is a professional and she, sometimes there is that temptation to be like, oh, well, let me, let me try to meet her at this level. And let me pretend like I've got, I've got it together a little bit more than I might. Um, and so I, I just want to honor you for showing up in that way that really gives people permission to be themselves because it is exhausting in the world where in a lot of cases we don't feel safe physically, energetically, spiritually, fill in the blank, right? Um, so it is important for our homes to feel like it's authentic to ourselves and not some regurgitation of a Pinterest feed that we feel like we're supposed to mimic so that right. even our homes are acceptable to people who don't even live in our homes. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And then we're afraid to show people how we really live. Mm -hmm. Right. We spend so much time. I saw this hilarious video on uh, Facebook yesterday. It was like a three minute video of this woman trying to get her family to clean up before people came over. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's what we do. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I don't call myself a professional organizer. Mm. And that's really sort of the main title for people in my industry. We have, there's like actually a national association of professional organizers, but that word professional makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It always has. Um, Professional to me means that you show up in a certain way. You wear certain clothes. 
you don't have locks like I do. You're probably not, you know, we don't share the same skin color, right? Like to professional means that you have to be different in this certain space. And I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah. Don't call me a professional organizer. I'm not a professional organizer. I'm not, don't shorten it to pro organizer. I'm a home organizer. I might be home therapist after this conversation. <laughs> while I'm, listening. I'm definitely not a professional organizer. Um, I don't want people to feel like, you know, they can't do what I do. I tell everybody on these intro calls that I want to leave you with what I know so that you can literally you can open your own organizing business if you want to, but you, you'll be able to do what I do. It's just a matter of habits. It's a matter of discipline. Right. But I want you to be, to know what I know. So I'm no better than you. Like I had clutter. I got a history of clutter. I've always been tidy, right? Like my clutter has had a home, okay? But I had a lot of stuff because I was empty inside. I didn't get to know myself. I didn't know what I needed. So I would take myself onto like Gucci and they would call me Mrs. So-and-so and I would buy a $1,600 bag and I'd come back home, put that next to my other $1,600 bag. And I was doing that for a while. So I had stuff. I've also had clutter. I've been you. I've been very afraid to make changes in my life. I've, I've done a lot of these things. And that it's, it's a wrap, right? Like the, the way to happiness, at least for me, has been being my full self and being brave enough to, um, to require friendships and connections that allow me to do that as well. And that means connections to things, right? Connections to people. But like, I don't want things in my house making me feel bad about myself. I don't want like a gift that my aunt gave me just staring at me from the corner, like, mm, you ain't using me. <laughs> How come? Cause I don't like you. <laughs> right? Like I never had a connection with you. I never, and, and it's okay to admit that it's okay to pass it on to somebody else, like pay it forward. Right. As Christine talks about in her book, it's okay to do that so that it can spark joy for somebody else, but it doesn't spark joy for me. And that's okay. Right. It is okay to say to people, please don't buy me anything that isn't perishable. I prefer flowers, right? Like buy me stuff that runs out. Don't buy me a shirt, okay? Like, and, and I love, thank you for giving me something, but also I don't want you to waste your money. This is kind of what works. It's okay. We don't have to fit into these molds. We don't have to be, we don't have to do things the way we, by the way, the way we've been doing stuff hasn't really been working. <laughs> Hello. Might, yes. Okay. <laughs> we may want to switch it up a little bit. Um, but it's like, you know, you're not honoring someone by keeping something you think is ugly and that makes you feel guilty in your house. You're not honoring them at all. You know, um, things want to be used. They want to be worn, right? They want to be valued and treasured. You know, there's an energy in everything. And if you got a lot of stuff in your house that's making you feel guilty and ashamed, I mean, you can only imagine, right? As you said, that it really is an example of what's going on in your life, right? So you're probably repeating those patterns in other places. Yeah, I agree. I I love also that you incorporate your daughter into, um, I, I know a few times you shared um, little videos of her on Instagram, showing us how to fold things. I actually learned something. Is her name Nyla? It is yeah. Nyla, yes. Yeah, yeah, like Nyla taught me how to fold properly. And I was like, I'm here for this, Miss Nyla. Mm -hmm. And more than that, I loved that you 
were incorporating her in in that you could tell how confident she was just being and presenting and you know and not like being all bashful or shy like she was she was here for it mm-hmm. and i know that really speaks to your your you know conscious choice to show up authentically like you said 360 degrees of pia like if you are this way with me with clients you know, in the streets of, of New York with your daughter. Yeah. And so of course, undoubtedly she sees all of that. And that is so well reflected in how she was presenting and how she was sharing and how she was rocking her beautiful hair and, you know, just being a, a self-actualized little black girl who was teaching us something new. And so I'd, I'd love to hear a little about your journey to to stepping into this space of your of owning a business of putting yourself out there so that you can you know appear on these major news outlets and hubs and and also showing up as a mother in a way that it you you make it look I mean I I know it's probably not easy but you make it look so easy kind of fusing these things together, being yourself, because it can become very, it can become a lot easier to just put your, your, your ambitions and your desire and your drive on the back burner, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just to focus on motherhood, which can be in and of itself very exhausting. So I'd love to hear like how you are able to show up in your motherhood and still pursue you know, this, this dream and this business of yours that is transforming lives? Sometimes I don't know how I, (laughs) dumb days, I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing this. I really, I'm like, how am I surviving? Um, I was just telling, as I I said, I had this conversation with my ex-husband earlier and I was telling him, I was like, sometimes I'll put Nala in the bath and I think to myself, I can get a little 15 minutes, maybe even a little half an hour to, to do some stuff. And she calls me in there like three, four times, like, mommy, let me show you this like bubble thing I made. And I'm like, man, I can't even have these 15 minutes. Um, you know, I, the first thing that I, well, not the first thing, to be honest with you, at the very beginning, I feel like I was not doing a really good job of this. I was working a lot, building, trying to figure out how to run a business. Like, I just wanted to organize. I know how to run a business, child. I didn't know how to do these things. So that took a while and I was doing too much, working too much. And then, um, and then I got burnt out earlier this year. And like, I remember sitting on the couch, staring out the window, like, I don't even know what to do right now. Like, why am I doing this so hard? Right. And, um, recently, like very recently, I decided to take a long, hard look at my time, how I'm showing up, Um, and I decided, and I was doing this kind of already, right? Like Nyla wasn't suffering because I was working a lot, right? I was kind of working around her schedule. So I decided to kind of formalize the working around her schedule and told my clients straight up, like, I have been working too much. I'm burnt out. I laid like a whole, you know, me just open and telling. So I told the truth and I was like, I'm going to fix my calendar because I had them coming to me. Like when they couldn't get on my calendar, I had them coming to me to try to get in the calendar. I'm like, what am I doing? Right? Like, I cannot do this. Because I'm like, I want to just help you. I'm like, yes, I can fit you in. I want to come to your house and help you out. Meanwhile, I'm losing my mind doing all this stuff. So I 
fix my schedule around my daughter. I hired a virtual assistant to support me. I hired, I got back into therapy and my therapist is everything. Ooh, she is just mind blown. Like she's just, she's wonderful. I, um, I hired a financial coach and what else did I do? Um, there's another person I'm missing. Oh, someone to help me clean my house. And I live in a two bedroom apartment. It's not a tiny two bedroom apartment. It's wonderful size, like 1100 square feet, but it's still a two bedroom apartment, but it takes me hours to clean my apartment. Not organized. I'm good with that. Right. (laughs) But the cleaning part, like, you know, spending hours cleaning the kitchen and the bath, like, I'm like, you know what? I have gifts I want to share with the world. And my daughter will readily point out to me how terrible I am at finding the dirt. And she's like, mommy, you left spots on the bathroom floor. I'm like, you know, I'm really not good at this. I'm like, so let me hire somebody to take this away from me so that I can use the gifts that I feel like have been bottled up inside of me and give them to the world. Like I want to die empty. I want it all out of me. And I can't do it if I'm doing a bad job of cleaning the bathroom. (laughs) So, So I hired all these people to help. And admitting that I needed the help was hard, right? Perfectionism issues coming back, right? Like, why can't we figure this out? And society says I should be doing all these things. And society says I should be able to single mom And you should be good at it. And I should be good at it, right? And, you know, I'm not. And that's okay. And I need therapy. And that's totally okay. I talk about my therapy and my stories probably like every day. And I tag my therapist, right? I'm like, y'all need to hire my therapist. She's great. Um, And it's okay, that I'm not perfect, it's okay. It shows my daughter that I'm not, but I also make sure she knows she's a priority, right? So I build my time around her schedule. I take one client a day while she's in school. When she's with her dad on the weekends, I'll take clients. When I, when I have her for the weekend, I do not. You know, I prioritize her. In the evenings, I try not to work and have meetings because, as I said, you know, she can't even take a bath without calling me in for one thing or another. She's very much an extrovert. I'm very much an introvert. Oh, I have that same child. And it's, I'm like, okay, let's. uh... (laughs) I'm like, this, I'm like, I need a minute. Like, can mommy have a minute? Yeah, mommy, can I sit next to you? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So. And I try to give myself time before she wakes up in the morning and time after she goes to bed by myself so that I can be, so I get up before she does, I can be ready for when she hops out of bed, right? And after she goes down, I try to give myself time to recharge. Uh, So I really, I prioritize my kid. I teach her everything I'm learning. I talk to her about what I'm learning in therapy I involve her in my work. You know, she's 10 now. And so she's like, I'm like, you know, would you like to, you know, help mommy make videos? She wants to help me make videos. She's not, she's not so into the folding anymore. <laughs> she's not trying to do any more folding videos, but she does want me to like edit, you know, like help me edit things. So I try to involve her in that. And I'm, I'm honest, like you, I know you want to do this thing. That's not in the budget right now. Right. Like we have those kinds of conversations. Yeah. She's very yeah. much involved in my life and how I move and, you know, the only thing I leave her out of is my dating life um, because she she's so loving. She'll get like attached. Mm-hmm. And then like my last boyfriend, she still asked, like, what happened? Is, you know, how, can I still hang out with his son? Like she's still right. Like so I don't you know, I try to like not involve her in that. But other than that, she kind of knows everything that's going on. Um, and it's important for her to learn those lessons. She's quite curious, I think. We got to give our kids more credit 
for their perspective. Um, They know a lot more at 10 than we knew at 10, right? Um, You know, it's pretty amazing. And she can find out anything at the drop of a hat, right? So um, she really does consider herself like, you know, she's got wisdom on things, right? And so she's like, well, mommy, I don't think, I don't know about that. It's not true, you know? And um, so I really do balance it by sort of incorporating her into into like all aspects of my life. Like no holes barred for the most part, you know? She said to me, so she told me one of her friends um, was doing something. I don't want to like blow the spot up of this person, but was doing something. And um, she's like, you know, I have the secret or whatever. So, she, so I was like, if you want to share with me, you know, I'm happy to share. But if you feel it's better to keep the secret. But if this person is doing something where they're hurting themselves or hurting somebody else, you probably should tell me. That wasn't the case. But she wanted to share anyway. And I was like, well, how come she doesn't tell her own mother? She's like, well, mommy, she's not like you. Mm. So I took that happy news back to my I was like, my kid said that she could share with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. But, um, and I thanked her for being willing to share and looking at me that way and whatever. Um, but it's a big deal. It is. right. It's a big deal. Like if you don't allow your kids to know certain things and be involved in certain things, they won't feel comfortable telling you things, you know? And it's important for me that she does that, that she has a safe space to do that. I didn't have that. I was judged and criticized. Right. So the same space of non-judgment and compassion and empathy I try to bring to my clients it's the same thing I do for my kid right mm. so that she'll feel comfortable it's, it's, you know I feel like we all want to be and I especially because I did not get this growing up want to be seen and heard right just That's listen true. yeah just listen to me you know she told me last night she was lonely and I told her dad today and her dad was like, what? But she does all these play dates or whatever. I was like, see, that's exactly what you're not supposed to be doing. I was like, and I admit, I did think that, like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't say it. I was like, you are, tell me more. Why is that? And she told me, I was like, okay, well, what can we do to solve that? And I told him, I was like, that's, I was like, he knows my mom, you know, he knows how that whole thing goes down. Yeah. So I was like, this is why I do that for her. Cause that's what I needed. And I didn't get it. Exactly. To be seen and heard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It it is, it's a, it's a legacy shift, right? I've, I've been doing a lot of, um, research, uh, more research now than I, you know, had been doing in many years about, you know, generational stuff and what is now, you know, epigenetics and intergenerational stuff that has like become more popular, right. For people to talk Mm -hmm. about, but, I I remember when I was entering into the world of um, psychotherapy many years ago, and I, I was also raised by a therapist, um, which was helpful in in being a child. But then also like not because it was like, oh well, she's gonna say that she already knows what I what I'm gonna say before I say it, or you you know like it 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 had its own like downside. Um, or, you know, growing up in the church where everything was explained away by like, oh, it's the devil or it's the thing. Like it, it wasn't really a space to be like heard or self-actualized or, you know, to be given my own set of tools for working through 
a challenge. And I love when I hear um, other mothers of my generation, other Black mothers changing the narrative around like how we help our children process their lives. And, and like, like I said, my child is also an extrovert. Sometimes I have a hard time identifying with the need to be around people all the time or touching someone all the time or chat. Like he talks nonstop <laughs> and it, you know, it is tempting to not, I mean, I have my moments where I'm like, can you just stop talking for just five minutes? I cannot hear myself thinking, but then, <laughs> and, but then also making sure that I'm hearing what he's saying, because in between all the random chatter about like, you know, the game or the robots that he's like obsessed with right now, he will insert little things about a friend at school or what someone said or how he feels. And if I'm not listening, I'll miss it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think, just setting those boundaries, like like you said, that you've done around your own work and and reclaiming your time. Thank you, Auntie Maxine. <laughs> um, with regard to your clients and their access to you, and when you work and when you don't, so that you don't miss those moments. So that this, especially a young woman, being able to have that model for for hearing and seeing another person and also to feel that in and of herself so that she's not seeking out, you know, a relationship with someone who might have another agenda just so that she could feel heard or that loneliness isn't something that she has to keep as a secret. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't feel lonely because yeah, I did play with my friends yesterday and not doing the deeper exploratory work of like, well, yeah, I did play with my friend yesterday. Why do I feel lonely? What is that about? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so again, a, a really deep bow to you for, for doing that work, which I feel like may not have been accessible to you had you not made the decision to honor yourself and hear and see your own self and step into a life that really was a reflection of you seeing and hearing yourself. Yeah. Um, Thank you. yeah, I, you. I would also, I mean, I know what it feels like to work with you as myself, what does it look like for typically anyone to work with you? Do you only work with people in person if they're in New York? Do you work with people virtually? I mean, granted, I am not in New York and we work together. Um, So like, can you help Mm -hmm. the listener understand um, both who you work with, like at what point would someone reach out to you? And what does a session typically look like? Okay, so I do work virtually, um, and I love traveling, so I will pretty much go anywhere, you know. Um, I've got clients. I mean, I live in New York City. I've got clients right now in California, New Jersey, obviously New York, um, the DMV area. So, uh, you know, I've got clients all over, and I, as I said, I love to travel and work virtually. Um The difference is that if you work with me in person, then I can help you with the physical aspects of the clutter and I won't be able to do that virtually, right? So that's the big difference. But other than that, you get the same thing. As I said, same PIA, right? In person, Mm -hmm. same 360, right? You won't get the virtual version too. Um, So in order to work with me, first we'd set up an intro call, which is really a video call where we chat and you tell me um, why you decide to hire a a home organizer, what space you're looking to declutter, 
And then I talk to you about my process. Um, it's really a five-step process um, based on the Kanmari method. I'm trained in Marie Kondo's method. Um, and of course, with a little sweet digs twist, you know. And um, so the first step is really understand. Like I spend some time getting to know you. You get to know me. We do like all the administrative stuff, contract, blah, blah, blah. And then next step is explore where I come to your space, either virtually or in person, um, for a two-hour in-home insight. And in that process, so usually the first hour is a walkthrough. You're showing me all the things, opening up the cabinets and the drawers, and I'm seeing how much you have, and you're talking to me about how you use the spaces. And then the second part is vision setting, where we get more in-depth as to you know, how you want to use the spaces in your home. What do you see for your life? Are you happy with where you live now? Are you happy with your job? Um, how well do you handle making mistakes? That's one of the questions that I ask, right? Um, people who are who have a hard time making mistakes may take a long time to make decisions, and we're making decision after decision after decision. So those are the kinds of things I need to know. Um, and I so I talk about you, your vision, your space. And then at the very end, um, I share... Uh, this project management system I use to manage the whole process. And so in there will be checklists and all kinds of goodies, um, including a tidying tunes playlist that I tailor to every client. Um, I think music is life and motivating. And um, so that's the first step. And then I put together a vision document that basically incorporates everything we talked about. In between that, you work on a Pinterest board and tell me what you want your space to look like at the end of this. Um, and then I'm working on your playlist and what have you. And then we get started tidying, but we're doing a lot of planning before the tidying. So we've got the vision done. And then you're thinking about what are the places that you'd like to donate? Do you want to recycle textiles? How do you want to pay it forward? As I said, you know, Christine says, right. Are you okay with doing like Goodwill Salvation Armies? Would you rather do something where you're donating to like, I don't know, um, people that just got out of prison and need new clothing or whatever, you know, like how do you want to handle that part? Cause that part needs to be planned so that once you decide this set of items doesn't spark joy, it doesn't live in your house for very long. So we're doing that and we're preparing, right? So I'm making sure your environment's set up. So you're, you're getting babysitting, you're having somebody watch your pet, right? Like we're scheduling time at a time that feels good to you, right? Like if you are a morning person, you're, um, your tidying lesson will be in the morning, right? We're doing all that stuff. We're creating an environment for your tidying. We're not fitting it in between like a little hangout in the morning, a little nightcap in the evening. Like we are dedicating time and making sure this is important in your life. So all of that happens. And so that, that gets curated very carefully before I even come over and we make any decisions. And then once all that's done, then we'll start the decision-making. So I'll come over, you know, the method goes in a certain order. It's clothing, books, paper, then miscellaneous items, and then sentimental. We start with clothing because you use it every day. It's close to your body. But, you know, a lot of people don't have a sentimental relationship with clothing. And then we end with sentimentals because by the time we get there and we've gone through everything, um, you've already, you know, really worked up your joy checking meter. And so you're like a pro by the time we get to sentimental. So then we go through, my lessons are four hours each. Um, a client will hire me for however long they feel appropriate. Some people want me right next to them with for every decision. Some people are okay just to get some instruction around, let's say, clothing, and then finish the rest on their own to sort of, you know, save money, so to speak. 
Um, but during those lessons, that's when the safe space is created. Well, actually, no, let me take that back. The safe space has been created for a while now, right? Like there's a sort of ramping up, right? And a comfort that's getting built through the whole process. But when I'm there, um, we are, you know, as I said, sharing stories, connecting. There's a whole process about taking out a certain number, figuring out what does spark joy look like for you. I am listening very carefully. I'm reading your body language. I'm helping you read your own body language and pay attention to your own body. A lot of people don't do that. They don't even realize. I'm like, did you realize that you cracked a smile when you picked up that t-shirt? I did. They don't even notice. So I'm trying to help people see how they show up so that they can then replicate those feelings when I'm not around. Um, and I'm taking really good notes about what sparks joy. I love red. I like stripes. You know, I love fine china, whatever it is. Um, and I'm writing all that down. So you have like a curated idea of how you like showing up in the world. Um, and the thing I love, there's so many things I love about this method. But um, one of the things I love the most is because most people will approach this work if they're doing it on their own and say, I want to get rid of this, 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 and the third. But with this process, it's not about what you want to get rid of, although that does obviously happen and discarding is a part of this. It's really about what fills you up. And then if you keep what fills you up, then everything that does not should sort of fall to the wayside, right? So you're learning so much about yourself as we go through this. Um, and you're revisiting things you haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, the stories that I've heard, the feelings that are brought up, the way people feel about their things and want to feel about their things is such a beautiful, it's beautiful to witness. I mean, you're, the things in your home, is it's your life story. So I get to know my clients pretty much entire life stories as I'm working with them. And what a beautiful thing for someone to share with you. Um, but that space, that process is really motivational. I give them permission, as you said. It's often permission. I don't know. Should I keep this? Do I have to? Should I? I really try all to the keep shoulds, right? <laughs> all the shoulds. Like as soon as you start asking questions, because like, like I say all the time, joy is certain. You know. You just know. And there's I love that. Like joy, is certain. joy is certain. Joy is certain. When you get up in your head and you're like, I don't know if I, I'm not sure. That's when, you know, you've already missed the spark joy. You already, you've already missed the answer, mm. I should say. Um, and I've, I've said this to my friends too. And I think it drives them a little crazy, but you know, this is me. What can I say? Like my friend called me the other day and she was like, should I cut bangs? What do you think? I was like, well, and I'd known her maybe like six months. I was like, I didn't even know you had, do you have bangs? Yes. And she's trying to figure out, I'm like, I've never seen your bangs. Um, didn't know you had them. I think you've been keeping them hidden away. <laughs> like, but I think, I think you, I was like, I think you knew the answer before you asked me. Yeah. You already know the answer. You just want confirmation. Cause I've had friends ask me something and then I'm like, I say the other thing and they're like, well, how come you didn't say this? I'm like, well, why are you asking me that? Right. So, so I think clients do that sometimes too. They know, but there's a guilt around it. There is a, I don't know if I could show up in a yellow such and such or a pink, whatever, or have such and such in my house, you know? And so that permission giving really allows them to just be, you know, that's, that's a good point. I, I find that I do that. You know, I tend not to, I mean, this might sound really 
a-holey of me. I tend not to care about other people's opinions Mm -hmm. about things, but sometimes I ask people's opinions to gauge my level of commitment to what my Mm -hmm. general idea was. Like, so Mm -hmm. I I might say, well, what do you think about, like when I was rebranding all the stuff, like, what do you think about this picture versus this picture? What do you think about this color versus this color? Do you like this logo or that logo? And depending on what they would say, I'd say, yeah, no, I definitely feel strongly about the other answer. <laughs> like, yeah. so I, and maybe that's that's maybe not a good way to use people's opinions, but I, <laughs> I notice that about me. And really, the only person that calls me on it is my partner because he'll say, "Well, why did you even ask me? Because you do the opposite, yeah. or you do what I, what I said I would not do." I'm like, "Well, I, I generally know what I want." And what I don't yep. want, but sometimes I don't know to what degree I'm committed to what I want. So if it's like, you know, I think I asked him recently, like, do you think I should just like shut down this whole business thing? Like it's it's hard. Like maybe I should just go back to like a traditional job. Maybe I should like dust off my resume. Like it's pretty impressive. Like I know a lot. I have good education. I've got good experience, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could go back to making six figures and you could do this and then we can go here and we can save this money and we could blah, blah, blah. And you could stop stressing about whatever. And I was like, you know, that's a bad idea. I don't, it's like, like, yeah, you know, like the whole conversation, like everything he said was a reflection of what I didn't love about my Uh life before. And I was like, yes, I loved making lots of money. But also, I hated spending large portions of that money on doctor's co-pays because I was so burnt out and stressed yep. out and overwhelmed and paying for before and after care programs. And I barely saw my kid. Like He mm-hmm. reminded me of the things that I disliked about that life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I mean, it, it literally drives him nuts that I do that. Um, it's probably, you know, I honestly feel like it's good to talk things out sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need that back and forth to like gauge your commitment. I'm an external but, processor. Yeah. I think that's important, especially for a lot of people. I also think there are quite a few people who do not trust their own intuition. Mm. Don't even know how to access it. Don't know where it is. And so part of the work that I'm doing is trying to get people to do that. Like, you know, you're, there's energy, your body's connecting with this thing or isn't connecting Trust that. Trust that you know what you want to wear and you don't have to ask me what you should wear. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my daughter, my daughter will do the same thing that you just told me. So like mommy and most of the time she picks out her own clothes. But every now and then, mommy, can you help me pick out what to wear? And I'm like, all right, I'll go to the class and pick out what I think is a, an incredible outfit. And then she'll go, I don't want to wear that. <laughs> I don't wear pants. And I'm like, you couldn't have told me as I was going over. You know what I mean? Like she knows. I'm like, will you stop using me as a pawn Mm -hmm. in your game Mm -hmm. of right? Like, yeah. And so, and I'll turn around and be like, then why did you ask me exactly the same? I'm like, you don't have to, you already know what you want to do. You know? And I love that she does. I love that she dresses the way she expresses herself. I mean, it's great. But I got other, by the way, I got, I'm making breakfast in the kitchen. Talk about coming, coming to help me. Right. So, I'm like, let me do do my thing and you be in here looking fly and doing what you got to do instead of using me for your own, right? Um, so I'm trying to teach her the same thing. Yeah. Trusting her own intuition. 
and that showing up the way she shows up is good. It's fine. It's wonderful. Yeah. Right. What a good you know? stage to learn that. I uh-huh. I honestly feel like because I didn't necessarily learn that in its entirety in my early stages, it mm. was like, okay, sure. Well, I got conflicting messages, right? On one hand, it was like, oh, you want to do this? Oh, that's great. And then on the other hand, I had, you know, other parental figures that would be like, oh, well, you know, let's point out all the negatives, every possible bad thing that can come as a result of you making this decision. So then it was like, oh, gosh, uh, how committed to this am I? And it really created a level of risk aversion that I had to heal myself from in my adulthood. Like, can I trust myself? And for me, that moment came when I was like pregnant and knew for sure what kind of birth experience I wanted. And then having everyone say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's not going to work out. And this was this way for me. And it was awful, blah, blah, blah. And then to see and experience myself doing exactly what I said I wanted because I knew myself was like, oh, so I work. Like my intuition works. I know what works for me. This is great. And, And in the same way, like I feel like birth work is very similar in a sense to what you say you're doing with your clients is really giving people the space to know that they can trust themselves. Like, you know exactly what you want to feel like in your home. You know exactly what you want to put on your body. You know exactly what kind of relationships need to be in your life and not be in your life. And maybe you are like needed to hold the space so that they feel safe enough to make those choices, which is why I said like, oh, that sounds a lot like doula work. Like you're creating the environment that honors Mm -hmm. what they say they wanted to give them enough space to show up in their fullness so that they Mm -hmm. can get the outcome that they want. For me, it's a baby that is healthy. For you, it's an environment that they feel, you know, free and safe in and excited about living in so that they're dancing in their kitchen. Yes. It's, yes. Oh, what, what beautiful work. I, yes, I love this I so much. Yeah. <laughs> this is it so is great. Good. I, I would love to know, um, what's up, what's up next for you? Like if, if people were just learning about you, what can they really hop on board with now? What can they celebrate you for? What can they support that you're doing? What's up? Okay. So I have a lot of things in the works. I don't think I can talk about all of them, but stay tuned. Yeah. So you can join my email list and then you will be alerted of all the fabulousness that's coming up. Um, But there is one thing that I'm working on right now that I'm really really excited for and proud of. So I'm partnering with two other home organizers, Monica Fay and Corinne Morahan, um, to put together an anti-racist workshop for our industry, for home organizers and for um, people in the productivity industry. So like we make planners and routines and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be on October 19th from 11 to 2 p.m. virtual, sorry, EST, virtual and it's a donation-based event, um, and that money will either go to the facilitator of the event or will go to, um, to, few, to further related events, right? We're planning to continue this work in some way. We're still talking about what that will look like. Maybe we'll do another one of these next year, or maybe we'll provide something that will allow 
um, non-white organizers to get an easier entry into the industry. We're trying to figure out what that will look like. Um, but that's what we're doing. And I could not be more excited to be a part of this. Um, it is, you know, I've dealt with some, uh, pointed and uncomfortable situations since I've been a member of this industry. And I mean, you know, home organizing isn't exempt <laughs> from racism for sure. Um, and I'm really happy to say that our, uh, our event is sponsored by the container store, by Kanmari, by neat method. Um, and maybe by the time you attend, there'll be some more we're working on that. Look so at you. this is, yeah, this is, this is something that, you know, I think, people are paying a lot more attention to. And, um, and I got a big mouth, you know, one thing, one thing I did get from my mama is a big mouth and I want to use it to do this kind of work, honestly. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm really excited about it and proud of it. And the partners that I have doing this could not be more incredible. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. But but right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm still doing tidying lessons all the time. Um, I love being in people's homes and helping out and changing lives. So if you want to work with me, you could do that too. Um, my website is sweet-digs.com. And I think Takesha yeah, will probably- Yeah, I'm going to link that below in the show notes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get in touch with me if you want to link up and get your home right. Please do, y'all. Like, for real. Because it will. And, and in fact- uh, Pia is on my, I was doing my plan for 2020, like what needs to happen in my life next year for my personal life and my business. And Pia is in the top five of those things because <laughs> I'm doing a little happy dance. Y'all can't see, but I'm doing one. <laughs> well, listen, I still like, there's still so many areas of my home that, you know, when we moved back, when we moved to Virginia, um, it's like because we bought a larger home than what we had before, it was like, oh, let's just put more. So like I've got more space for clothes and my mm -hmm. my guy loves to buy me things, which is wonderful. I'm so thankful. But I I have I've reached a limit with a mm -hmm. lot of like, you know, we talked about that. He loves designer everything. And like I'm like, you know, I would love it. Like feel free to put all that money in my savings account. Like, please. Feel free okay. because do I, I mean, yes, a $3,000 handbag is amazing. I would like to have $3,000 to put in this handbag. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. so I, I really, I, I really want to make, like, I really want my home to feel as spacious as I, you know, as feels reflective of myself, my son has gotten really good at releasing things. Um, mm. And that's been really nice to witness. Like, you know, we go through a process of like, do we want this or do we want to share this with another friend who may not have this or do we, you know, and he's, he, he has these, like you said, Nyla was into folding and now she's not like, he has mm -hmm. these moments where he's like, I'm really into trucks. And then he wasn't. And I was like, what about mm -hmm. these hundred dollar trucks? Can we believe like, bought garbage trucks that were like a hundred dollars. What in the world? Oh and I mean, they were very, they were very in-depth garbage trucks with the arms mm -hmm. and the, the opening hatches and all the stuff. Right. Oh. 
But then there becomes this moment where it's like, well, do I just give this away? This was $100 or this was $80 or do do we sell it? Like, And then it becomes a pile of the stuff. Like, do I? That becomes my productivity cul-de-sac, planning out how to get rid of the stuff that I know I don't want, right? So that's why you are at the top of that list. Awesome. Um, so yeah, y'all reach out to Pia. I'm going to put all of her information below. And I have one other question that I ask everyone. And that is, what practices do you lean on personally when you need to stay with yourself? How do you stay with yourself when life is challenging or you're being called to move out of your comfort zone? So, oh, there's so many (laughs) because life is always challenging me, child. Like, I'm like, life, can you give me a break sometimes? Okay. So breath work. I've really been leaning on breath work lately. All different kinds of breath work. Um, I'm a kind of person that gets bored easily. So I can't just do the same box breathing over and over. I need to switch up the breath work. So um, I've been doing breath work. I was doing it in the car. I was doing it in the middle of a conversation. Like Nile and I were talking last night. And I just said, give me a minute. And I stepped to the side and I did some. <laughs> like, And then I came back. Um, I think we need to allow people to pause. We expect people to respond so quickly, whether it's a text or an email, even in a conversation. Like once you finish a sentence, I'm supposed to come right back. And I really do need space to think through things. And I think, you know, a little 10 second pause, 15 second pause, whatever it is. Like, let me just take a little breath and then I will be able to come back more myself and more authentic. Um, So breath work, meditation, chatting with my friends. Um, reading. I love reading. I love learning. I love new perspective. So give me new perspective on something. And I like geek out over there. I'm like nerd with a capital N. I love it. Like I love going to class. I used to sit in the front. Like I was that person. Um, so I still love learning, um, reading a book, you know, I'm not, I want to get more into like stream of conscious consciousness stream of consciousness writing um, and sort of just allowing my thoughts to flow. Um, but I, I have a lot of tools in my tool belt and, mm. and that's important for me because I change. I'm not the same person like from even six months ago when I was sitting on my couch burnt out, <laughs> staring out the window. I'm not that person. I'm a new version of myself. So I need different tools. So I think that's why I, I'm constantly reading and looking to see like, what do I need now? And it's also why I don't really like to label myself. You know, I'm a home organizer right now. That's what I love to do. That fills me up. I don't know if I'm going to do that forever. Yeah. I don't know what else is going to be on my plate. Did I know I was going to be helping to put together anti-racism workshops? Child, no. (laughs) No. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, wow. And how niche specific is that? In the mm-hmm. home organizing industry, I would never have known. And how perfect. Yeah. I didn't even think, I didn't think I'd be a writer. I've written so many articles and all this stuff. I didn't think I'd do that. I didn't think I'd be speaking. I used to hate speaking. Like, I remember being asked to do presentations at work and like, oh my God, I do not want to do this. It's awful. Now I'm like, please ask me to speak. I have so many things that I want to say about so many different topics and I really want to help people and it's just, I just don't know where life is going to take me. And I just want it to continue like taking me wherever. And I'm open to it all, you know? Because now so. you're 
you're sparked. Like your life is yeah. a reflection of the joy that you've sparked. And so you can mm-hmm. show up in a different way. And yeah. I feel like that's that's the lesson in all of this, right? Like when we feel like, oh, you know, I'm I'm this kind of person or I'm that kind of person or I don't speak in public or I don't write or I don't whatever. But when we introduce those things that do spark joy in us, it makes it like we transform into another version of ourselves. We grow new skin. Our our cells become more amplified in the direction of this joy state. And we can yep. show up in – I'm going to say I don't, I don't like uh, – typically being in front of crowds or, you know, I'm very much an introvert and people are like, what? You're not. I'm like, but if I'm in environments where I feel safe and excited about why I'm there, then I'm, I'm here for it. Will I still need a nap afterwards? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't call me afterwards. Get your questions in while I'm here. Don't call me afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, for real, like I, I that, that was such a great lesson for me to realize as well. And circling back to the work that I did with you, I realized like when I do show up in, you know, the cowboy boots that I love or the leather jacket or the emerald green jumpsuit or the jeans that make mm-hmm. me feel really good. I it like just that spark of joy makes me feel like, you know, I think I'm going to go live on my Instagram. I don't love it, but I actually feel more like myself. I feel like Mm. the world should also feel this joy that feels sparked in Mm. me that is supported by the clothes that I'm wearing, that is supported by the office bookshelf that I curated and that I feel really great looking at because I love my books and now they're color coordinated. And, you know, all of that just really transforms the way that I show up. And it was really from, listen, y'all, this was one session, like not even the full (laughs) session that she talked about. And so just listening to her outline, what it looks like for a full, like a full experience of Pia, I'm like, oh my God, I would be a new person. Like what in the world Mm. would come of my life? So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Anyway, Mm. thank you so much for sharing so much of your time. This was like, I could literally probably talk to you for like five hours and then take a four hour nap afterwards, which would be totally fine. (laughs) But I feel like we could talk for hours and you have so much wisdom within you that is so obvious. And you are, you are such a mood, just like your whole life and the way you mother and the way you show up in the world and the boundaries that you place around what is most important to you and the stance that you take for Pia just existing as a full dose of Pia everywhere is is such an inspiration to me personally. And I know to all the people that you have touched and worked with over you know, the last year and a half, I guess, of your business. So thank you. Thank you for saying yes to your own intuition. Oh, man, you are... Ugh. You just, you fill me up incredibly. And thank you for saying that. Thank you for being you. Thank you for posting what you posted in that group to bring us together. Having my I'm meltdown. So <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for the meltdown, no. But but honestly, I mean, you you gave me confidence when I didn't have, I wasn't sure, right? Like, because I think like if you, um, if you grow up not loving yourself, right? And your intuition, who you haven't really spoken to, right? You even know, like, it's like high intuition, where are you coming from? So, and, and then your intuition says, oh, this is what you should be doing with your life. 
and you go down that path and it is literally 180 degrees from the career you had before. You doubt yourself. You continue to doubt yourself. I still doubt myself, right? Like every now and then I'm like, I don't know about this. Am I? And when I, when I felt your energy and I felt like, cause sometimes you feel like the universe is speaking through you. Not that I'm right. Got any involvement in this, right? Like I'm just kind of hearing the words are coming out. That's what I felt like in our connection. And, um, I was like, this feels good. It feels good to me. It feels good to her. I'm really helping this person. And she's amazing. Right. Like, oh, I'm like you're amazing. You. And I was like, man, in this, in this group of like, probably 99.9% white women, yeah. right? Yeah. One black woman comes in with a decluttering issue and then we connect and then this, like, I'm so grateful to know you and the work that you're doing, right? And how you, you change people's life. You do exactly what I do. Just like you said, you do exactly what I do for birth. And it's awesome. It's like, I wish, I really wish, I mean, see, you never know. This is why I'm like, maybe I won't be a home organizer forever. But like, I think following your passion and allowing yourself to live in that way and give to other people is a beautiful thing. Even if you can't quit your day job, it's okay. But spend some time giving. Spend that time giving. It is, it's everything. Yeah. It does, it feels like, I mean, even though we have to interact with other people to do it. Yeah, I and know. That is draining. There are naps waiting <laughs> on the other side. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Yes, yes. What All a right, joy! Thank you. You have a thank wonderful, you. wonderful rest of your day. You too. Take you care. Too. Bye.